Hello and welcome everyone to Chandra's Tales. Today we undertake an adventure with Kakoli in net as a netting. She is an intrepid, intrepid war journalist who is now staying in Jaipur after her accident. The net as a netting. Kakuli stared at the email. It read, Buzzy, missing your non-stop commentaries and in the midst of this madness. However, no female would have been allowed in Taliban territory. Can imagine you masquerading as a man and warming your way into their chief's hideout. Well then, maybe even with the prize money we could have gone on a long round the world trip that you often dreamt of. So long, take care, we'll meet you. If I come out of this alive, Dickie. She sighed at school, an impatient teacher who had felt harassed by her constant queries and endless energy had christened her Buzzy. The name stuck and she identified herself with it more than Kakuli. Her parents had hoped she would be musical like the nightingale. However, she had deep husky voice which was appreciated by her audience over the years. It had become huskier, still due to constant smoking and drinking. Her niece Tanu- Tanushri, her bitterest critic whom she adored, claimed that it sounded like she was suffering from a permanent attack of pharyngitis. The message was so typical of Richard Bailey, her friend of many years. They had been through many adventures together and several times narrowly missed death. In their professional lives, Richard was a photographer with the BBC and she a reporter and that made them a perfect pair. Nothing was too daunting for them and the public had become smitten by her husky voice on the radio. Soon she was on TV and Kakuli's slim tall figure crowned with an unruly mop of her hair was familiar to all the viewers. Dickie always photographed her sympathetically. Besides, the focus was on the events and the daring of the reporter rather than her looks. Now she dared not even glance at herself without shuddering. A part of her face still remained paralyzed and her left eye bulged a little. Kakuli was used to the sudden shock her appearance delivered to all those who knew her. However, it hurt terribly when Dickie just held her silently for a while and whispered, Hello, beautiful. All her reserves of strength were swept away and she wept for all that had been. Tanushri, entering with a tray of steaming cups of strong coffee paused and looked at her mashi, weeping on the foreigner's shoulders. She set the tray down with a clatter, signifying her disapproval. Kakuli sniffed quietly in her tissue as Tanushri sat down beside her. Tanushri was her sister's daughter and Kakuli shuddered at the thought of her Didi knowing. But she wasn't alive. Didi had always disapproved of what she termed her wild ways. Even her early demise hadn't removed the bitterness that had existed between the sisters. Tanushri was a younger version of her mother, saucer-eyed with criticism and although she was so much younger, she had just started college, Kakuli quailed in her presence. Without a word and with pursed lips, Tanu could take on the task of reforming her mashi. From putting her clothes in the cupboard to putting her kitchen in order, she would do it with military zeal. Kakuli didn't dare oppose her. She would have been quite ruthlessly bulldozed. She thanked her stars that Tanu could only spare her a fortnight of her summer vacation. The rest of the year she could get by in her usual muddle-headed manner. Nothing she did met Tanushri's approval. Much like her bossy and interfering mother, she also made a list of things to be done and how and when to do them too. All this peppered with comments on how she was wasting her time on a shiftless aunt. It had a reformist ardor to it. As Kakuli strolled down, another male arrested her attention. It was from Brief Inks at writer.writewat.com. 
She smiled, clicked it open, and soon her face mirrored all emotions from disbelief to wonder. It read, Kakuli, the one with the beautiful voice of the nightingale, I have long been your admirer, was disappointed when your program Warzone was suddenly taken off the air. I'm still waiting patiently for it. Briefings. Kakuli screwed up her right eye and scratched her head thoughtfully. Wasn't this an email ID she had created for herself on her website? Writewar.com? How could anyone else use it? She had just sent a message to check out if the program worked or not. Well, Kakuli decided on the spur of the moment to reply. Briefings. Thanks for your interest in my program. I met with a road accident while traveling from Delhi. My car smashed into a standing truck and it has taken me a while to recover. I hope to be back soon. Till then, you can visit my website, rightwar.com and remain abreast of my activities. Kakuli. She clicked on her site, which she had built rather painstakingly to keep herself occupied. She was hoping to tie up with the mass communications course offered by the Rajasthan University so that her years of experience as a war journalist could be shared with young people. Besides, what was more important was that she would be able to garner finances for her website and it would perhaps expand into a full-fledged course. She drummed her fingers on the table, waiting for the site to open. The amount of time it took to download really tested her patience. She had been used to the latest technology and now this. It was like riding a bullock cart after having driven around in racing cars. Ah, at last it came into view. The Right War this site is dedicated to supporting journalists in their efforts to sustain an informed and engaged citizenry. My mission to promote these, those norms and practices that independent journalism requires to operate effectively in diverse political, social and technological environments. To explore the role of the media in the dynamics of war, peace and conflict and to create media-based initiatives to transform conflict and help manage its consequences. The Right War Network maintains a broad range of programs designed to assist journalists who cover security issues in various parts of the world. These programs include the Network in Asia. The Asia Initiative is designed to improve reporting in both Asia and the United States on nuclear and regional security issues. At a time when tension within Asia have turned regional security issues into global security concerns, the WWN has taken major strides towards developing a network of Asian and American journalists who are equipped to cover the stories in a sophisticated fashion. The cornerstone of WWN's efforts in Asia is the annual Jaipur Security Seminar. Every December since last year, 20 senior Asian and American journalists have received fellowships to participate in an intensive week-long seminar on the most important security issues facing Central, South and East Asia. This year, for example, the seminar will focus, among other themes, on the impact of Islamic fundamentalism on the region. In past years, stimulated by discussions with leading specialists from the military independent research centers and academic participants have focused on such timely issues as Chinese foreign and military policy, the India-Pakistan nuclear standoff, and U.S. defense strategy in the region. The Jaipur Security Seminar not only provides journalists with an opportunity to immerse themselves in the Asian security issues of the day, it also creates a venue where they can interact and gain cross-cultural perspectives. Participants have come from the United States, Russia, Japan, India, Pakistan, Indonesia, South Korea, North Korea, China, Taiwan, the Philippines. Thailand, Bangladesh, Singapore, Malaysia, Sri Lanka, New Zealand and Australia. This year's seminar will include journalists from Central Asia. Professional seminars and briefings. The WWN's net based 
briefing and seminar program highlights security, non-proliferation and disarmament issues that often go underreported. They also introduce journalists to a broader range of experts than they normally really rely upon, which in turn provides a wider array of analysis and policy alternatives to the public. During the past year, more than 50 senior U.S. and Asian journalists participated in the WWN's full program of seminars and briefings. In addition to the annual Jaipur Security Seminar, the program has offered a Defense Writers Seminar on East Asian Security and Forum on Indo-US Press Coverage. The program also offers regional briefings and roundtables on global security issues and telephonic briefings where experts and senior officials speak to small groups of journalists and answer their questions on pressing security concerns. Publications in conjunction with this programs, the WWN has produced a wide variety of publications that contribute to the knowledge and understanding of journalists covering nuclear and security issues. These include handbooks, concise pocket-sized introductions to particular issues to provide journalists with a roadmap to coverage plus analysis, background and commentary. WWN handbooks also feature guides to experts and NGOs offering independent analysis and alternatives to official positions, working papers, book-length examinations of particular security issues included in conjunction with WWN seminars, conferences and workshops to provide participants with background prior to the event and ready reference for the future coverage. Working papers contain hard-to-obtain official documents, policy proposals, analytical studies, and background reports. Over the past year, the WWN has published working papers primarily on Asian security issues and before that on a range of nuclear questions. Yes, last year, all her colleagues had pooled resources to make her seminar a success. But this year, she was not too sure. The event had been reported in the local papers as well. It generated enough interest and the next day she was pleasantly surprised to find that the number of young press reporters had increased. Later, Kakuli discovered they came only for the lunch provided by the five-star hotel and in the hope of cornering the pens and files which were being provided for the participants. Her contacts in the national newspaper just about sustained her. The local vice-chancellor, Dr. V. N. Singh, had been cool to her proposals. He was more interested in gleaning information on the local bigwigs she knew and who could possibly help him in, to, in his future nefarious deals. Kapuli got the impression that if she put in a right word with the high court judge, a relative of her brother-in-law's, who was heading the inquiry into the irregularities in appointments of lecturers, he might agree to give her a room, provided she got the sanctions from the relevant quarters. As Kaukuli scrolled down her mail in the website, her attention was caught by the mail reading, Assistance? Curiosity made her click on the link. It was all in uppercase and it read, I am Mr. Ravon Zoroma, the first son of the late Chief K. Zoroma, who was the former chairman of the mining sector in our country, Sierra Leone, capital, Freetown. Before his death, my father was accused and my father was accused and killed for using the fund from the government gold and diamond industry to sponsor his younger brother, who was the head of the military janta, by name Paul T. Zoroma, the former leader of FAFRC in Sierra Leone. During my visit to my father at Padimal Central Prison in Sierra Leone, before his death, he confided a lot of secrets to me as the first son. He told me to go into his private bedroom and move without delay to two sealed envelopes containing a certificate of deposit. After going through it, I came to understand that my father deposited one 200 kilos of gold dust, 22 carats and 97% purity and a parcel of diamonds in several pieces. Second, 32.5 million 
dollars in a safe box kept in a security vault in Accra, Ghana, West Africa. Now solicit for your assistance to present you as the next of kin as every other arrangement has been concluded by me and I am only waiting for a foreigner to enable me to move the fund to his or her account. Because of my inexperience in business, that is the reason why I am seeking for an honest and a God-fearing person who will advise on how to invest this fund in his or her country outside Africa. If you are interested in this outfit, kindly reach me through the above contact address. You are entitled to 20% of the total fund and the precious materials from your expert advice and assistance to the family. Don't forget that you may be called upon to come down to Africa for assistance to withdraw the consignments in the security company. Security, this transaction is 100% risk-free because this is a family property. Though I implore you to keep it confidential, your reply is urgently needed. Thanks. In anticipation of your cooperation, Mr. Ravon Zoroma. Kakuli was bemused. If true, it would be an answer to all her prayers. Then she needn't ever worry about her source of livelihood. It was an exciting idea. All she had would have to do was to pretend to be this man's relative, a foreign one at that. Her over-imaginative mind began to trace the genealogy of her maternal uncle's black African wife. She began fantasizing about the limitless possibility this wealth would create for her. A huge house in Delhi? No, no, a small flat in South Delhi would suffice. Probably one in London which she would use as an office as well. Then she could spare more time in making her journalism institute at par with the world's best. Her seminars would come, become truly an event of the year affair. Well, the possibilities were endless, no harm in sharing her hopes and fears. She dashed off the missive to Dickie. Hi, it never rains but pours. Guess what? I'm soon going to be a rich heiress. There will be many handsome men swooning over me. Just read the mail I'm forwarding to you, Buzzy. It was just as well the mail got sent because just then electricity went off. The government was on its save electricity trip. They were diverting electricity from the city to the villages. Every day for two hours, the citizens did without power. It was winter time and it didn't make people too uncomfortable. However, it had cockily seething with anger. An honest taxpayer couldn't not even take the basic amenities of life for granted. The sound of a car coming to a halt and the doorbell ringing had her running down the stairs and straight into the arms of a tall, slim young woman. Ranji, how lovely to see you. Aunt Kako, here I am to haunt you for a couple of days. I have been invited to present a paper and attend the conference of doctors. Ranjika, her eldest sister's daughter, was a particular favorite. She had studied medicine and specialized in psychiatry. Over mugs of black coffee, both aunt and niece studied each other silently. Kakuli noted her glowing honey gold complexion. Ranjika had always been a happy child and she had grown into a generous and understanding adult. Ranjika asked Mashi, you're looking much better. I read your column in Asian Age. Still as incisive as ever. What happened to your right war network? Ranjika was in fact worried by how low run, run down her aunt appeared. Perhaps she should take her back to Delhi with her. At the very suggestion, Kakuli's face mirrored a gamut of emotions from horror to pity. And Rion, whatever fondness I have for you and Tanu, you know she will never stay in the hotel, hostel, knowing that I am around to be looked after. Tanu, she's such a well-meaning dear. She does come to us on weekends. We've not missed a single film released in the past two months. Yes, and she's the one giving me advice on what I should eat and how I should dress. So it makes me wonder which one of us is older. Ranjika added with a laugh, which reminds me she had promised to spend her entire October break with you. She said her father might be going off to England at that time. Kakuli laughed. 
imagine her mother used to bully me all the time when i was young now that she has departed she has left the task to her daughter my paper discusses the impact of the internet on the mind said ranjika thoughtfully yet it's yet another instrument which is driving the young to turn unsocial it is no longer a simple source of information but also a sort of toy one can play games gamble and access strictly adult sites kakuli nodded in silence she looked into ranjika's hazel eyes and wondered how much she knew that the net was a friend and a silent non-judgmental one at that offering her solace in times when it was not possible for any one of her extended family or her friends to come around how angry she would become when it won't work her patience was solely tried when after the rains the telephone lines became dead she was waiting for inventions which would make the net independent of the phone and the electricity and would be economical as well she didn't know yet of the broadband the next morning ranjika popped her head in to say bye before she rushed out for her conference ranji's presence filled the house with laughter and verve last evening ranjika had insisted on taking her to dinner at rambak palace hotel all the delegates had been invited and their spouses as well since ranjika was unmarried she insisted her aunt accompany her the medical agents were picking up the tab it had been quite a while since kakuli had stepped out of the house she was sure she would make a fool of herself she but to her surprise and consolation there had been doctors there already creating a commotion high on the freely available alcohol she had enjoyed herself and had been able to hold her drink as she as in the days of old she had only badgered her niece into confessing that she ranjika would in due course get married to this divorcee also a doctor settled in the us of a the banging of the door and the starting of the car marked ranjika's departure and kakuli felt a gnawing sense of loneliness she had also been aware of ranjika's anxiety about her health though she didn't make it obvious she clicked logged on to check her mail with an intention to dis distract her mind ever hopeful of finding a generous financier an animated banner promising her million billions of dollars and she just had to click on it that's all her mind wrestled with itself the sena wiser bit warned her that it was a waste of time and money her impulsive nature got the better of her and there she was clicking on numbers playing roulette and choosing numbers again for the quick pay next time the inevitable registration form she filled in as a juari kumari and smiled at the thought of winning the huge prizes holidays on exotic islands massive cars and big money well one never knows what luck wasn't it the same fate destiny kismat that had brought her to this present state of immobility here she was shaping at home when there was a full scale war going on virtually in her backyard She wished she were with Dicky reporting from Kabul. It made her heart ring with a longing. Little consolation knowing that no female reporter had been sent by any agency. The closest they were going was Bahrain, where the warships were stationed. As she quickly scrolled down the her mailbox, she paused at a new one from briefings. It read, "Hi Buzzy, I'm sorry to hear about your accident. However, someone as talented and brave as you will never become a victim of circumstance went to rightwar.com and you have done a commendable job look forward to more new exciting research work on international affairs briefix why did this mail unsettle her who was this person how did he know her pet name must be an old admirer memories of a bygone era came rushing to her she no dearth of admirers at one time even some genuinely wanted to marry her but she was too busy with her assignments to fit marriage into her life now she wondered if she would make the right choices kapuli decided to reply briefings life is never constant and every day brings surprises and sets new goals as i slow down my pace it has given me more time to reflect and probably will shape my tomorrow I'm appreciative of your concern but would be glad if you let me know who you are Kakuli. 
she'd begun to enjoy the relationship with this unknown admirer kakuli sent stared at the quotation printed in bold roman letters and pasted on her study table where thou hesitatest between two courses of action always choose the one which leaves thee alone more in silence more in love sister consolata had she always been like this no not really she loved being with friends and those who felt positively towards her now come to think of it she seemed to have only meant friends the few women friends she had were women who had studied with her and who today led much more conventional and sedate lives than hers yes they were successful bureaucrats police women and managers of multinational companies yet when they met it was almost as though she lived on a different planet her priorities were different her deadlines more demanding rather she lived from one deadline to another conversation tapered off after a while they appeared taken up by the narrow goals of their lives children husbands and professional rivalries filled their waking moments she on the other hand had a whole white canvas to fill in the anguish of dislocated families orphaned children and widowed women were real for her the gunfire the tanks the bombings engendered by the petty insecurities of the men was a part of her daily routine she had of late realized the futility of it all yet she derived her high only from going to inaccessible places and reporting from there her women colleagues hated her success and were openly or envious of her way of life where did she have the time or the interest to fit in a mundane family life yes she did dream of settling down in one of the remote himalayan towns with dikki and maybe adopting a large number of war orphan children dikki had smiled in- indulgently at her plans they were so remote only a distant possibility now that she had been suddenly halted and her life thrown out of gear the dream came back with a painful intensity she wished she were back again in the war field and to hell with settling down The house was suddenly emptier after Ranji left to catch a late night train to Delhi. Her infectious laughter resounded in the rooms. She was so full of optimism and hope, more like her father, a successful lawyer in Calcutta who never tired of teasing Kakuli about her unmarried state. Her didi, elder sister and Ranjika's mother was a typical headmistress, stern, lips drawn into a thin line, conveying that life was grim indeed. She had been promoted to the principal's post recently. Ranjika often mused aloud that her kaku auntie was so unlike her sisters. Kakuli had been the youngest and although her sisters disapproved of her lifestyle, they were always there for her when she needed them. Finally and as usual at such lonely times Kakuli switched on her computer her faithful companion she must finish that article on the possible financiers financiers of terrorist organizations across the border it was topical and she worked on several hypotheses but none really were substantiated by cold facts the latter were difficult to come by she was pleasantly surprised when she looked at her watch 2 hours had gone by It was nearing 12. Her domestic help, a frail-looking woman called Ambabai, brought in coffee and biscuits. She clearly disapproved of Buzzy's life. She was tired of finding her carefully cooked meals in the fridge uneaten. She also felt sorry for her in turns being aware of Buzzy's career as a war reporter. Ambabai never wearied of posting to her friends how Kakuli used to come on TV. Kakuli smiled and nodded her assent when Ambabai said that she was leaving. She sipped her coffee and waited her in- for her internet to get connected. Her eyes lit up at the mail from Dicky. "Buzzy, don't ever entertain this hoax mail. Probably wants to know your bank account number. Just quickly delete it. We'll be back soon. The war is almost in its last phase. Take care, Dicky." She was overwhelmed with nostalgia. Now even women reporters were being allowed. She learned from the net, although she hadn't been or heard of any female reporter in Kabul there it was again not one but two of them from briefings 
Buzzy, I'm someone who knows you intimately and always have your welfare at heart. I can understand life has given you a raw deal. Try the following site. It may alleviate your pain. I found it took my mind off the harrowing business of living. www.thenevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevernevern
what happened madam we were all worried you don't you didn't go for your walk this morning and neither did you open the door we have been knocking for the past half hour we were about to call the police kakuli still in a deep haze found the number of onlookers was swelling she called gupta ji inside and ambabai waddled in quickly as well and shut the door i was not feeling too well and took a pain killer i must have overslept finished kakuli lamely the elderly gentleman nodded his head benignly yes we had heard of your accident we and we all feel rather protective about you living alone if you need anything at any time you just have to tell me my house is just across the road the slate grey one after a cup of tea and having heard the entire life history of gupta ji in silence she saw him leave ambabai stopped pretending to sweep the floor she wanted her time exclusively she sniffed in a hurt manner when kakuli entered the washroom in the privacy of her bathroom kakuli realized the folly of her breaking and observed pattern of actions she had overslept by a good two hours ambabai usually came to her by 11 or 11:30 and left by 2 or 2:30 she had her morning cup of tea and updated her on the lives of all the neighbors kakuli suffered the last bit as best that she could good meals were hard to come by then after finishing her work and making kakuli eat her lunch she washed up took the leftovers for her home in the evenings kakuli was left pretty much to her own devices she stopped for veg she shopped for vegetables and groceries and picked up milk from the dairy ambabai must have rung the bell several times and finding no response began banging the door kakuli made a mental note to set an alarm for 9 in the morning to avoid future embarrassment when ambabai went leaving many instructions and even suggesting a nephew who could be employed as a live-in help kakuli breathed a sigh of relief she was still reeling under the impact of her late night surfing stretched on the bed she went over the site again mentally a tall well built man in his 40s was striding towards her purposefully he held her gently whispering something tender in her ears she had hurt her foot and he massaged it gently she clung to him he lifted her and staggered under her weight they both laughed spontaneously and then she just picked her up as if she was as light as a baby and threw her arms in the air she giggled as babies do in anticipation of pleasure she was flying higher and higher the treetops were left way below a cloud brushed her cheek she tried to catch the wisp of cotton wool and then she was hurtling down faster and faster into dark nothingness where was that tall man who had promised to look after her all her life a great sense of betrayal anger and hurt overwhelmed her Kakuli awoke with a start finding her pillow wet with tears she felt abandoned the dream had a real effect she couldn't shake off the feeling of being forsaken slowly but surely kakuli opened her mail and right there briefings was waiting in fact he hadn't mailed her since her last angry retort buzzy i want you to remain happy now that you have visited the site you could have tasted some of the most enjoyable fruits Mm. Tell me was I right briefings an impulse rather than the effects of the strange dream made her right I wonder who you are and why you do you bother so much about my happiness yes the sight is all that I never had time for earlier but really this isn't what I look for in my life kakuli She wondered whether it was a good idea to carry on writing to an anonymous person but he appeared so concerned well anyway how could it harm her probably a person was as lonely as her today she was careful to carry on with her normal routine she shopped for fruit and even cooked herself some noodles for dinner kakuli was just determined not to go to the tempting websites just her usual work related sites and email and then close up for the night true to her determination she watched tv while having her dinner read for a while but sleep was nowhere in sight and like an addict she was back to her computer and to the sites which she had sworn she wouldn't visit
she wanted to check her mail to find out if her unknown admirer was still chasing her she was surprised that she had begun receiving all kinds of strange newsletters for which she was sure she hadn't subscribed and unwillingly she clicked all to the site and was completely immersed in it her life began to take on a nocturnal pattern she slept only in the afternoons and stayed glued on to the net the whole night she had quite begun enjoying her relationship with briefings it consisted of almost adulatory mail on his part and some strange sights he insisted she visit she discovered her hidden sensuality and marveled at all the pleasures she had missed out on how long kakuli would have carried on like this was probably anyone's guess the bell rang persistently who could it be wondered kakuli at this star it was 8 in the evening the street lights had come on the bell rang now without a break as if the person was were tired of even taking off the pressure of his finger kakuli flung the door open and there was tanushri anxiety writ large on her face oh mashi i wanted to give you a surprise i almost thought you had gone away but then i saw your car in the garage and i knew you would be here besides i had spoken to ranji didi only yesterday and she said you were going to stay put in jaipur this month this was said without stopping for breath kakuli smiled have you finished why are you so impatient you know i had no hob- i have to hobble down to the door to open it she was glad that tanu had come they spent the next few days eating out visiting new restaurants catching up on each other's life watching some awful films on tanu's insistence even shopping for clothes and for the house i was scrolling down her mailbox one night when tanu was asleep she was surprised to see almost a dozen mail from briefings each one proclaimed that she buzzy had neglected him and offered more wondrous sights she was overwhelmed and immediately drawn into a strange world a soft tap tapping brought her to her senses tanu was outside her door mashi what happened i got up to go to the toilet and saw light on your in your room you still working on the net kakuli was really annoyed at the persistence of this girl she had interrupted her exploration there she was even craning her neck to get a better view of the screen why all these patients tanu i can access the net comfortably only at night she retorted a little acidly tanu blanched at the latter bit and moved away the remaining few days were spent in relative silence tanu cut, cut short her visit and returned the damage had been done kakuli tried to make amends but nothing worked besides in all fairness kakuli didn't want tanu to stay on she was coming between her and her adventures but didi i saw it with my own eyes mashi was quite happily talking and laughing to herself in fact she was giggling like a young girl in love simpering in fact she added in disgust ranjika noted tanu's earnest face and tried to soothe her fears nothing wrong really if you're living alone you do talk take to talking to yourself see i often shout at myself in the mirror at how fat i have grown how ugly i look it's pretty normal Tanu wasn't convinced. And Ranjiti, it wasn't just one night. It was like that all the nights that I stayed. Only when I couldn't take it any longer did I ask her what whether anything was wrong. What did she say? Well, Marsha was clearly upset. It made her irritable, and she almost viewed me as a stranger and an interfering one at that. All the nights you were there? Yes, Didi. In fact, initially I thought she was on the phone. when it went on for some time that i roused myself from my sleep and just peeped in tanu was able to convince her father about the possible ill effects of kakuli's living alone taking time off from a busy schedule he flew down to jaipur and spent a couple of days with kakuli she was on her guard in fact things couldn't have appeared more normal kakuli was in the middle of organizing a seminar there were her guests who were arriving after a week she was extremely happy to see her brother-in-law and they spent a few hours quite happily criticizing her sister tanu's mother she had been so bossy and had kept her husband on a tight leash kakuli got carried away and commented oh tanu is also like her mother always interfering and giving her unwanted advice expecting it to be followed thick rose went up quickly really i thought she was well meaning 
Tanu's father doted on her. He couldn't bear any criticism about her. A hurried, I know she means well. She's such a lovely child. Who would spend her holidays with an old and virtually infirm aunt? Kakuli noted that this last bit mollified her brother-in-law a bit. However, here she realized that from now on, even he would avoid her. In a way, it made her glad. One more person in front of whom she won't have to keep up pretenses and would be out of her life. When the flight took off, Kakuli returned with a heavy heart. The house appeared funerally depressing, as if a cadaver lived there. What happened to the joyous woman who had lit up each life she came in touch with, the laughter, the bantering, the care beneath the criticisms of all her sisters? Did the computer wink at her? Did it beck on her, promising not to hold her responsible? She almost ran and switched it on. She was waiting without with the ardor and impatience of a lover for it to connect to the internet. She scrolled down the braille box. There, waiting faithfully, were several mails from briefings. Dear Buzzy, don't be so hard on yourself. Besides, you don't, couldn't please everyone. Particularly hard are the so-called near relatives. They always find fault with you and your way of life. Do you recall any single moment when they were not trying to reform you? It was great to be a relative of a celebrity, but who is there when you need them? A relationship works only reciprocally. Take care. Briefings. Yes, yes, they had been proud of her achievements. However, that bit of not being there when she needed them was not true. Truthfully, her sisters and their families were always there when she needed them. My darling Buzzy, I feel I can call you that. Don't get too involved with your seminar. You know how people tend to back out where finances are concerned. Even your NGO on the orphan war children never took off, thanks to the meddling bureaucracy. Take care of your health. Unwind. Chill out. Bring things. Ah, so he appeared to know about her work too, her disappointments, her joys. Nothing seemed to be hidden from him. She replied. Briefings, you appear to be an omnipotent. How do you know so much about me? Well, I'm glad you see my point of view. It is good to have such an uncritical and supportive friend. Kakuli was in a better frame of mind by the time she finished sending off her mail and true to her nature swirling back into the virtual reality world. The actual world having been completely forgotten, Pranjika on her way to Bombay made a brief stopover at Jaipur. She was alarmed to see the physical change in her aunt. Mashi, you have lost a lot of weight, she exclaimed, looking at the tall, gaunt figure in front of her. Good, isn't being thin in nowadays, queried Kakuli. Have had your annual checkup? What about your old thyroid problem? You know, I have to take these medicines. I seem to live only on them. How's Dicky? Did he come for the seminar? asked Ranjika. Well, no, he couldn't. Besides, he has decided to get married to some very young Australian girl and has settled down in Sydney, taken up sheep farming for all I know. Ranjika observed a sudden tightening of lips and an uncomfortable silence followed. She patted a gaunt hand gently. Kakuli snarled. Cut it out. I don't need any of your sympathy. Ranjika was aghast. She just bit her lip and held back the tears that were smarting under her lids. Better sense prevailed. Ranjika reasoned that her aunt was working off her pent-up grief on her. She became almost professional, cool, detached. After a brief lunch with Ambabai, which Ambabai served, Ranjika noticed that Kakuli hardly ate anything, appeared to watch her when she thought that Ranjika was not looking. She asked Mashi, Why don't you go and rest for a while? I need to catch up on my sleep too. I generally rest during the day. Just don't disturb me. I'll get up by myself. Kakuli almost snapped at her. Ambabai and Ranjika exchanged glances. What had happened to her Mashi of old? Later, Ambabai came with a glass of water to Ranjika's room. Baiji, kuch theek nahi hai, she began. On closer questioning, Ranjika learned that her aunt had stopped eating altogether, surviving only on coffee and toast. Ambabai suggested that she take her aunt back with her. It's not good for anybody to live alone, particularly a woman. At this, Ranjika smiled. Masha has been living all alone all her life. And for that matter, so have I. Ambabai clearly disapproved of this state of affairs. She reported how Kakuli was 
much more irritable and often annoyed at imaginary slights, almost as if she wished to be left alone always. Ranjika was worried about the conference she had to attend in London in the coming month. Despite being tired, she had to send off the email. She whirled herself on to the computer and to her horror, she found herself staring at some awful pornographic sites. Slowly a pattern of these sites her aunt visited formed. So what? Poor thing, she really didn't harm anyone, thought Ranjika. Why should she let this fact bother her? There was something she still couldn't figure out, but she was tired, some niggling worry. Ranjika sighed. Her eyes were closing on their own. She was so fatigued. She just about managed to fall into her bed. She awoke with a start, her heart thumping loudly. Something was amiss. The clock showed it was seven in the morning. The lights were on in her aunt's study. There were voices coming from behind the door. Something told her to be careful. She leaned across to hear and could make out a masculine voice and hold it. Marshy's voice had changed into a more feminine, high-pitched variety. She knocked and called it, Marshy, should I make some coffee for you? An immediate silence followed. Then the door opened only a fraction of an inch. Her aunt's eyes glittered below a little. For how long have you dis- eavesdropping, Marshy? I just got up and I felt like drinking some coffee, so I asked. Kakuli relaxed and opened the door a little. Okay, make me a cup. Ranji carried the co- coffee to her aunt, who had shut down her computer and appeared friendly and happy. For dinner, both aunt and niece made a meal out of the leftovers of the lunch in a relatively companionable silence. Ranjika was trying to work out the puzzle of hearing other voices she had asked casually. Do you have anybody over in the evening? No, why? I thought someone had come over in the evening. Maybe I was dreaming. Her aunt looked at her oddly. Maybe I was talking on the phone. Late at night, Ranjika, a restless sleeper, thought she heard voices. And sure enough, light was streaming from under the door and again two voices could be heard. She opened the door softly and there was her aunt speaking in a deep, sepulchral voice. Ranjika was immobile with fear. Her aunt turned round and came striding down like a man. The limp had gone and the long thin fingers closed around Ranjika's neck. Mashi, no, no, please, was all she could whisper. There was no look of recognition on Kakuli's face. It appeared almost masculine, the deep guttural voice. I'm tired of your sleeping busybodies. Ranjika struggled to get the fingers off her throat, but for a surprisingly frail person, her aunt seemed to possess demonic strength. Ranjika just lay inert after a while. This time, Ambabai had managed to get the help of the local police. They broke down the door to reveal Ranjika on the floor and her aunt weeping inconsolably.